Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Remember the 90s when Wes Craven's Scream kicked off a resurgence of horror films? If you don't remember them, don't worry. The first character on stage in Mark Levy's CCU in Hell, actually played by Levy himself, will refresh your memory on them especially the premise of one particular film, which used as its basis urban legends that brought about grisly deaths. Remember also in the 90s when you'd get terrible chain emails that promised wealth and happiness to those who passed them on and misery or worse to those who deleted them? Knowing all that and with a title like CCU in Hell, I'm sure you can see where this is going. I spoke with Mark and one of his co-stars in the ensemble cast, Sarah Dietrich, out on the sidewalk of East 4th Street outside the Crane Theater after a recent performance. Take a listen. So I like to start with everyone's name on the mic. So since you wrote this thing, uh, tell me what you wrote and uh, what else you did on the show. Uh, my name is Mark Levy and I wrote CCU in Hell. I also play Ryan and the Professor. And also I produced it too. And we also have... Hi, my name is Sarah Dietrich. I play Charlie and Kara, and I'm emotional support. Brilliant. <laughs> I love yes. it. Uh, so um, we're at the Crane. It's part of the Frigid Festival. And the show, like, how do you describe the show when you tell somebody, come to see CCU in Hell? Uh, what do you tell them? What's oh, your man. elevator pitch version? I love that so much. Uh, are you a fan of late 90s horror? Uh, and are you an early millennial? That's basically it, uh, because it is a horror comedy uh, set very much now. And it feels like it's from like the late 90s. It's very inspired by Scream uh, and all of the films that Scream inspired. And also it's a very nerdy theater movie nerd play. That's actually a really great description. Uh, why do this then? Like, Where did it come from for you? I'm guessing this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, um, all my plays <laughs> tend to be very absurd comedies. Um, I've been, I, I just, don't see horror attempted at all on stage and normally and this is I would not call this a horror I would call it horror like because uh, it is a full on comedy but like and also I just wanted to see what would happen if like a chain letter actually murdered people instead <laughs> of like a guy with a, like a fishing hook or whatever I thought it'd be really fascinating as an audience and I'd be like oh like have like, these really nice meaty scenes and then they're de- uh, one of the people just randomly dies it's also super, like like you said, it's very much a comedy. It's super silly and a little bit almost like abstractly weird in the best of ways. Um, is this is this like the shtick that you guys as a company, like are you, do you have a company? I, I, do. I don't know this, but yeah. like is this like kind of your world? This or was this like a new thing for you guys? Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean this is my third play I've done in the Frigid. Um, I did uh, in 2016. Oh, yeah a play called um, All is Fine in Sunny Florida, which is a Florida Man play. I am from Florida, so I use a lot of personal stories and real Florida Man headlines. If you don't know what Florida Man is, look it up. You will be very thankful. It's a thing. Uh, and also, last year, I was fortunate enough to have a two-person play with another cast member, uh, Kayla Mason, who plays Jess, the host of the party at the end, uh, called Lenny Bruce is Not Afraid. I wrote that while having Trump anxiety back in 2016. And it's a first date post-apocalyptic romantic comedy actually set at under St. Mark's where it was last year. It's a lot of a lot of mashups here. I love this. Uh, are y'all friends? Uh, yes. Uh, Mark and I are actually both in the comedy scene in New York. That's where we met. Um, Mark has always kind of been this way in terms of comedy. <laughs> the many times I've seen him perform things he's written, even before I knew he wrote plays, I, I've seen some weird things, and they've always been very spot on and well done. And I see the same thing with this show, and he puts his heart into all of it. It's fun because it's so. it feels like 
niche, but in the broadest of ways, in a way where you're like, I know those people, I know this style, but I can't say what this style is, but I know it, I know it. It's because it, it's so specific. Um, and the rest of your cast, like the ensemble nature of this was super fun to watch. Are y'all, is, is everybody like of the same world? Is that how everyone knows each other? Or? Um, actually, uh, going in, when the cast list came out, I turned to Mark and I went, I don't know any of these people. Oh, really? Because normally with comedians, we all kind of know each other. Yeah. We all recognize each other's names. A lot of them were from the acting scene. Some of them do comedy more in the beginning stages of their journey. So it was a really cool meeting of uh, comedians and comedic, comedic yeah. actors just meeting into this big mishmash. Also adding on to that, our amazing director, Janet Bentley, who I've wanted to work with forever, uh, knew three of the people we cast in the show. I knew myself, Sarah, and Kayla. Um, and there were two other actors that we got through the auditions, which we had four days of auditions. Oh my gosh. Not counting callbacks. Uh, and the callbacks were incredibly insane because <laughs> I literally wrote the characters of Charlie and Jordan to be gender neutral. So we called in anyone that we thought that could play them. It's so, I, talk to me about like putting this together with, me, with Janet as, as yeah. the playwright, uh, with you as the playwright, working with Janet as the director, and also being in the cast. Again, it's such a unique and specific style that was such, so, such fun to watch. I, I almost presumed you were like a troupe that had worked <laughs> together for so uh, long. So just talk to me about like getting them on board yeah. with this very specific so, Mark Levy style. All right, so this is, I'm so thankful they asked this question because that makes me feel very happy because this is a group of friends in the play. And I, I believe we have become friends from the process. But like what I've always wanted from myself as an actor and as myself as an audience member is to see an ensemble piece. Whether it's a big ensemble, small ensemble, like people having leads in the ensemble versus not. I mean, there is no lead in this play. Uh, we both have probably the most screen time, probably stage time, but I would not call either of us the lead. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's uh, a pretty evenly yeah. spread. But like my brain, I need I like to work with directors that think similar to me. Uh, and also I like to work with mainly female directors too, because I'm a, I, I am, if you can't see me by, I'm basically Seth Rogen, just a few <laughs> years younger. I know you can't see him, but it's true. Um, but, uh, We're going to pause for a second. <laughs> Holding. Thank you for being here today. I, I try to never uh, do edits on the podcast, yeah. but you know, fire truck going by, we're going to make an exception. Yeah, we got, um, but what I was saying was that I love having a, a person that's had a vastly different experience than mine. Uh, they, most of the time, the directors I've worked with have been queer artists too, which is also very nice. And like, I, because I mean, I can only see the world from my view. And it's really nice to have someone else see. Their, their view of the world. And also, Janet's a few years older than me, so we got that also. Um, and like, it was just, it was, there's a lot of love in the room. That's the easiest way to put it. Like, everything was sacred. Like, well, nothing is sacred. Like, I, as a playwright, I'm always like, if you have a funny idea, please do it. Experiment, have fun, play with each other. Like, there was a monologue that Sarah has in the show that I was not able to keep a straight face until like less than a week ago. And we opened like five days ago. That's a good time. <laughs> Um, this is the Independent Theater Podcast, and so I always like to ask a little bit about the whole, you know, festival jam. Putting this together uh, specifically for a festival, how did that impact? Did it impact how you wrote the play or how you produced the play? How and in what ways? Because right. yeah. most of the people listening to this are probably going to be in the same boat at some point. Should I wait for that, or hopefully they're are they coming? Yeah, they're going to come this it way. It brought a friend. Oh my goodness! Uh, oh I, no, they're turning. They're turning. All right. All right. So. Um, 
multiple yeah. emergencies all um, around New York. It's look, Saturday night. <laughs> one of the things that I absolutely love so much about the Frigid Festival is it's a non-juried festival. Uh, 15 get selected immediately at, at Labor Day when it opens, and 15 get uh, lottery selected. Uh, I've applied four times, three times I've gotten in, all of those times have been in the first 15. And uh, for this play, I had an idea of what I wanted, and I started writing the professor's monologue um, right before we started the actual process of the application. And then once that happened, once I got in, I started interviewing directors. Uh, I interviewed like seven different directors. Some of them had some ideas that I asked them if I could take their friends of mine. So I, I like to work with friends of mine for directors. It's a big thing. And then like, you know, I, I, read, I wrote the play and then had auditions and Sarah Bloom are minds. And it's just, everyone's just amazing. And I have so much love for everyone on this show. And like, I love The Frigid so much just because you can do anything. It's non-juried. You can scare the audience. You can make the audience feel good. You can make people unsettled, but like happy. I mean, we've played, damn it, an absurd amount of times in the show. Uh, we a lot. Uh, maybe we shouldn't say that in case uh, they're watching and we get sued, because they're definitely wa watching this. Play. I would love that. Uh, I will give them tickets to the show if they want to see it. Oh, um, also, can I just say about the what I've noticed uh, just from the community of the festival. I don't know if you know this, but one of the theaters had to be shut down. Yes. And the coming together of the community to make these shows happen was one of the most impressive shows and displays of how art brings us together and how art brings out humanity. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in terms of people scrambling to help each other, make each other work. Even now, people are all over asking, do you need more people in the seats? Are you okay? How can I help you? Yeah. And it's not a competition, I think, helps so much with this festival everyone's just in it together to tell their story and their narrative and have a good time really like i mean this festival like most fringes i've been in are very networky based like it's like oh cool i think you're interesting i want to possibly work with you later or whatever and yeah man it's just like i don't i i have so much love and respect for eras and everyone in horse tray or, or frigid new york as it's now called but um yeah it's literally one of my favorite it feels like a warm hug every time i come back I think that's a great place to end the podcast. Uh, the show is CCU in Hell. It's at the Crane and uh, part of the Frigid Festival. So you've got three more performances, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I'll put up the exact dates. But if you have them off the top of your head, feel free. Uh, February 26th at 8.50 p.m., March 2nd at 1.40 p.m., and March 10th at 5.10, which is also really cool because we opened and closed the festival at the, at the Crane. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, thanks so much. Come check out the show. And tickets and more information can be found at... Horsetrade.info. Thanks a lot, y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark and Sarah, for hanging out after the show to chat and for enduring those sirens. You can catch CCU in Hell at the Crane Theater, 85 East 4th Street in Manhattan, for just two more performances now. Sorry to miss your Tuesday night show, guys. Saturday, March 2nd at 1.40 p.m. And Sunday, March 10th at 5.10 p.m. Those strange times courtesy of the whole festival setup. Head to horsetrade.info for more info on tickets to this show, as well as more on the entire 2019 Frigid Festival. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Excellent. Thank you.
Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Even yeah, on the yeah, street yeah. with all the sirens. <laughs>